Welcome back. Welcome back to season two, episode four of What Shayro Thinks About It. Stuff on my mind that forms into words and then actually comes out of my mouth. I am Shayro. This week's topics will include, it will be mostly just one topic. What does it mean to be a black man? here in modern-day America, or just simply, what does it mean to be a black man in America? I feel that this topic is appropriate with this being the birthday celebration of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. King fought for more than just black men, but he is the most recognized black man in American history and the only black male or female who has his birthday recognized as a national holiday. He fought for justice for everyone and believed in the elevation of his people throughout all of America and the world. Hi, this is Shayro. Thank you for being a listener to my podcast. You can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. Yes, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O, and donate to the What Shayro Thinks About It podcast. The money collected will be used to purchase additional equipment for the podcast. Remember, that is buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Being black, being a black man here in America should be a topic that I am just able to let all of the words just roll off of my tongue with ease. Being that, well, number one, I am black, been all my life, been black all my life. Number two, I am a man, been one all of my life, a natural born man. However, being all of that as it may be, I still have to pause and think kind of hard when it comes to the subject of being black of being a black man in America. We, black men, come in all different kinds of forms, lifestyles, shapes, sizes, beliefs, upbringing, hues, ideologies, thoughts, and desires. Therefore, there is no way to just stereotype or say there is a mold for a black man. There is more of a standardized mold of a man than there is for being a black man. For the definition of a man, for the purpose of my viewpoint and no one else's, if you are someone that has different definitions, that is you, and this is not the podcast for this. This, as stated, is from my point of view. A man, simply put, is a human being who is born with male attributes of sexual organs, male anatomy, of such being and has grown from a baby, a boy, to the right age and maturity of an adult male. Because of this gender assignment, there are certain things along the ways of thinking, desires, and anatomy that basically bonds all men into the category of a man. That is the basic mode of a man. However, man, this human being with male anatomy, comes in different races, shapes, forms, sizes, orientations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is when the mold itself is broken and several other things come into play. 
that distinguish a man's individuality and characteristics that make them who they are. I could go on and on and on and break so many things down to still be in the definition of a man, but we will just end that part here. Now, from the definition of a man is we look at what makes a man a black man. That definition itself becomes simple with the fact that one or both of the parents of this male human with, with male anatomy is of the black race. That can be broken down further to the what ifs of if the grandparent is partially black but both parents identify as white. That just goes too far for what I want to accomplish today. A black man is a male child born of one or both parents being black and are descendants of someone of the black race. Yes, it is that simple for me. Black men in America have always had a place here, but it may not have always been the place we have wanted to be. We have risen from the slaves and builders of this country to the most feared and misunderstood of this country. And yet we continue to contribute to the building of this country, making this country what it is. You wouldn't have America if there were not for black people, black men, and people of other races. But we're focusing on black men today. So that's not to take away from anybody. Someone's going to raise a flag and say something. Sit down be quiet. Just listen, okay? We, black men, want the same as any other man in this country. Freedom, food shelter, clothing, companionship, respect and honor, and the ability to live out our lives and desires in the way we see fit. We want to ensure our families, loved ones, those we care about, are protected and given the opportunity to live their lives as they may. Every black man, just as every man, can't be categorized into one or a few categories, but we all want our freedom. That's first and foremost. Any person, any man, they want freedom. This country, however, oh, well, there have always been people in this country that try to deny that basic right to black men, not just black men, but the entire race and other races as well. This is where a lot of people will say they don't believe that or that no one now wants to deny black man's freedom or that is in the past. No. That is right now, right here, today. You can't say it is not so just because you claim you didn't see that or you don't know about it. You're not with every black person in America every second of the day. There is no way you can know what it is like to be a black man unless you are a black man. And even then, every black man's experience is not the same. All men, all people, regardless of race, culture, Gender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every time I say et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I think about my former professor, Dr. Nicole Campbell-Lewis, because she always used to say et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A few episodes you hear me. Well, did I mention? I'm sure I mentioned in a few other episodes. I know I gave a speech to Toastmasters about it, but she did pass away uh, last year. Okay. But all men, people, regardless of race, as I stated, desire freedom. They desire freedom and the ability to live their lives as they see fit. That is the basis of the starting of this country. Even though when, when this country was started, when it was first formed, it was not, in quotations, intended for black men. 
as well as black people or people other races and even genders as well on that. But what one group of people said as their intention did not determine what we wanted. Being a black man in America does not change my desires and wants as a person. But the perception of others who are in America is what has changed. Their perception of me and what they think of me and think who I am and what I am. Am I cautious of some of the places I may go, things I may do, or even the words I say? Am I concerned about how others outside my race may perceive me? To be honest, and the simple answer is yes, I am concerned of those things. But I am a lot more concerned about the perceptions and views of others in my race and how they see me. Within our own race, there are breakdowns of what makes a black man a real black man. There's just thought if we're not a thug or if we're not gangsterous, that could be a new word, gangsterish. <laughs> we are perceived as not being a true black man. If we're smart and educated, we might speak well. You're not a true black man. And some people say those of the other qualities I mentioned before, thuggish, whatever, is not what a true black man is. And if you knew how black men were originally raised, a lot of that things that go on in the black world is not true black nature. <laughs> but it's become, quote unquote, accepted tradition. Again, that's something else. You just need to read a lot of stuff, find a lot of stuff about who a black person really is. Remember the classification given former President Obama when he was running for office? Many black men said they could not relate to him and his lifestyle. I even hear some women say, he wouldn't be the kind of guy I would want to go out with. But all of them thought he was handsome and cute and they wanted to replace Michelle, but mm, they wouldn't have stuck with him. They could not believe that he did not have, or this is just black men from what me talking to other black men, they didn't want to believe that he did not have some other children or another baby mama or mamas somewhere. He spoke very well and eloquent. He was not seen as thuggish. Many of the black men said that he didn't fit into the same category or that they didn't fit into that same category as Barack Obama. But they did love him, you know, because of things he was considered black and it seemed like he was there for the black people. Then again, he dressed in suits instead of like hip-hop clothing or just regular jeans. Every now and then you would see him in casual wear. And since this is Martin Luther King Day, I'm thinking back that when he was first elected and we were waiting upon his inauguration, which was going to be two or three days away from that, he did some volunteer work at the Martin Luther King Center or one of the centers there in Washington, D.C., I believe. And I remember saying he was dressed very casually, like some slacks and a button-up shirt. I like dressing like that with suits and button-up shirts. That's just me. But a lot of black men, I know a lot of friends, I know, say like, no, I can't do that. Those buttons, they choke me or a suit. Different, different mantra, different styles. As I stated, we can't put us all in the same mold. Everybody likes what they like. Everybody don't like what they don't like. But, you know, he didn't even wear the Cliff Huxtable sweaters. But speaking of Cliff Huxtable, I remember when the Cosby Show first came out, Many black people said that was not the model of the black family. The reason for this disbelief was that five children, and all of them had the same mother and father living in the same house. Then add in the fact that the father was still there in the home and very involved in his daughter's lives. 
as well as his son. The fact that the parents were both college-educated and professional people was not the reason for seeing it as none connecting to true black families. Believe it or not, a lot of black kids are used to having two professional parents working in the home. A lot of people did relate to that, but it's just the way that it was. Is either they were separated or not in the same home, or there was always kids from a previous relationship. Having all the kids, same parents, same roof, that did not relate with a lot of black people back when the Cosby Show came out. Then the black male child of the couple did not have babies out there and was a reader, a thinker, and an up-and-coming college student. If you look at the later episodes where the gentleman that played Lance and they made a comment as he was giving Cousin Pam, he was giving her books to read, and he was Theo was in college, and he was encouraging her to do more reading. What was his name? Slide. Pam. Cousin Pam's boyfriend was named Slide, or the character was named Slide. And, you know, they didn't see that as something doable as a black kid during their time. That was in the later part of the show. So another example of the perception of the black family not thought to be the true reflection of a black family was that awful show, Good Times. Shout out to Bud Anderson. I know he's not a listener, but still. <laughs> and that's a lot to be explored there. But a black family in the ghetto of the south side of Chicago with a strong father in the household and all of the kids were his. Then and in the fact that Thelma, a black female in the ghetto, was not pregnant at 16, black people say that it was just not relatable or that was just not the truth. Black family in the ghetto at the time. John Amos, the actor who played James, has been quoted several times as stating that after each episode, there were notes from producers and critics to get rid of the father role. And if you've no good times, eventually they did get rid of the father role. Each of these examples, regardless of being real life or fictional, looked at the black man who was the head of their households as not being real or being the reflection of a true black man. Debate that about head of the household. I'm going biblical in what I believe, okay? And you need to know what that means. It doesn't mean just stomping and tramping all over the woman or whatever. What you need to get back to is black men. We do need to be present in our households. We as men, we need to lead our household. But again, that doesn't mean being a tyrant and things like that. Subject for another podcast. If you got your underwear in the wad and get them out, just listen. This is not the debate podcast, okay, for that at this point, okay? But anyway, a lot of people did not just, they didn't like the black man in a lot of these occasions. With President Obama, he wasn't black enough, he wasn't thuggish enough, he wasn't part of the hood enough. With Cliff Huxtable, it's just unbelievable that he was so involved in his family, in his household, that he was a loving husband, father. Fictional character, I know. Uh, no, no reflection on the person who played the character. Disclaimer. James from Good Times. The problem always was the strong black father. Strong black father. That just don't happen. I think back though, while I was watching Good Times and even the Huxwood. I was in what, middle school, high school, somewhere like that. And I think about, I was, I attended a majority black school up until the ninth grade or through the ninth grade. And I think about our bus, every house that they picked up at. Just about every house that that bus picked up, 
there was a man or father figure in that household, and usually all the kids in that household was his and the mother's. So I don't see what was so unbelievable. Yeah, there were some kids. It was not a father in the household, but they knew who their father was. So it reflects back to that, you know, father, mother, didn't live together. <laughs> Different things. But that, that's how it was reflected to me. So when people said that, it was just kind of weird to me. One of the reasons that made Good Times awful, in my opinion, is that, and I was point out, even though I love watching this show as a kid and still enjoy watching it sometimes to bring up childhood memories, James Evans, the black man, the father role on the show, always wanted better for his family and was willing to try things and do better, even if that meant sacrifices. But it was his, some people are going to come at me for this, but it was the goody two-shoes wife, Florida, that was always stopping him, and even J.J. sometimes, from being the best they could be or the greatest that they could be. J.J. was the eldest child and the eldest son from that couple. James had a chance to work at a better place or do different types of work, but each time Florida had a problem with him working so far away or he would be on the road away from the house or she thought that the job was not right in the eyes of the Lord. So unrealistic of the image I have of black women I've seen because they have always been supportive of that black man doing whatever he can to provide more and better for their families. A lot of people don't know that when she was off the show, she had a problem with the image of J.J., that he was kind of like a womanizer. He was out there. And that's another thing. People had a problem with that. J.J., with all the girlfriends he supposedly had, he didn't have a lot of babies out there either. So tie that on back to Theo on the Cosby Show. Tie that on back to President Obama, that he didn't have a lot of babies out there. But that's how a lot of people saw black men, black teenagers, that they always would have a lot of babies out there by a lot of different quote unquote babies mamas and I know life itself we see that a lot here now we also see the opposite there are some men that don't have a lot of babies out there by a lot of people there are some infallible I know there are some (laughs) but when JJ painted the picture of black Jesus Florida had a problem with that and then when Michael gave the description of Jesus his hair was his wool and the way his eyes looked Florida basically said, that's blasphemy. Where do you get such? And he's like, that's in the Bible. But she was always talking about the Bible and the Lord, but yet she didn't know what the word said. So, yeah, that's one of the problems I had. Get away from that. We talk about black men. And for the record, I love black women. Florida Evans is a fictional character. No reflection on the lady who actually played her. I don't know how she felt about things in real life or things, just how that show depicted things and how the black man himself when a lot of times when we want to do better, it's not think the outside forces that's holding us back. It's forces right there in front of us that wants to hold us back. I don't wanna, I'm going to pivot to something. This is not even part of what I originally wrote out, but I did want to address this. There's a show I watch. It's a Tyler Perry show. It's called Sisters. Yes, I'm a man who watched a show that's probably intended more for ladies, but I, I like that show. There is a character on there, lady, by the name of Karen. She used to have an on-off relationship with this guy named Zach. Zach has basically through with Karen. He's moved on. He's in a relationship with someone else, uh, character Fatima. And apparently Karen is pregnant. She wants to believe it's Zach, but it's possible it could be this other guy's, and she just keeps pushing that it's Zach's baby. Yet Zach has basically moved on, and she keeps coming, trying to come back for him. And there's another man that really loves her. 
But the thing is that I see in this, she's been toxic to this black man. The reason he's moved on to someone else, every time Zach wanted to do something better, so now Zach is an ex-con on the show, he wanted to open up a barbershop inside of her hair salon. She didn't want to do that. I don't want anything to do with going to jail. I don't want to do this. Anytime he wanted to do something, she fought against it. Then Zach basically made good. He made a lot of money in the stock market. He became a good man. And the first thing, one of the first things he did is he paid Karen back a lot of the money she had invested in him. But then when Karen's credit cards get stolen, so the first person she blamed is Zach. She even has charges put on him. Zach didn't do it. If you haven't watched the show, yeah, I'm giving away some things. Zach didn't do it, but she was so adamant that Zach did it because he was an ex-con, ex-felon. Zach has met this new lady, Fatima. She does everything to build him up, not cut him down, because she sees potential in that man. Everything that he wanted to accomplish with Karen, she encouraged him to do it. She tells him, like, yeah, you can go ahead and do this. Yes, you're, you're positive in this. And this, this is the thing that being a black man, we need that support from our black women. We can take over the world if you tell us, yes, you can, Obama's theme. <laughs> But she keeps trying to go after him, and she wants, she's mad because he's doing better now with another lady. And I know that's the typical way of doing it. Maybe that's why I like the show, because her toxicity. You know, we're always attracted to toxicity. But here's a black man. Yeah, he had a few rough patches, but he's always had a dream, an ideal that he could do better. He knew it was much better life. I know fictional character, yes, I know. But it's reflective of so many black men out there today that want to do better, try to do better, will take a chance at doing better, but yet there's always somebody, go back to the episode I talked about crabs in the bucket, oh, you think you all that now. When people say that to me, I respond to, yes, I do, because I believe I can. I am all that and then some. I believe in myself. But if you have confidence as a black man, you look at as cocky. You're not supposed to know all that, or that's not within the black man's rim to to be a smart guy that's another problem they have with president obama he was considered a smart guy a lot of black men thought that wasn't the way to be for a black man they always pick at the smart they used to used to pick at the smart kid in school you know if you didn't play sports but you was in your books they used to pick at them now <laughs> that's the one they're encouraging because you realize those kids that uh in those books that's learning something Learn a little bit more than football because football is going to take you so far. After football, you have to live. And that's the thing now. You need to be smart. Even if you're going to go to football, if you're going to go to rap, R&B, whatsoever, how would it be? And if probably those fathers that I mentioned these situations, if they want to be a rapper, maybe even the greatest R&B singer or an athlete, people, people probably would not have had a problem with them or whatever lifestyle they live. But getting back to what we were saying, black, being a black man in America. And it's not a bad thing that if you want to be a rapper, R&B singer, musician, the greatest athlete, there's nothing wrong with that. That is great because there was a time when black men were not even allowed to even do that. So they started doing that and they excelled at it greatly. So because of the media views, media has put out there black men, that's the most prominent that's displayed. But black men have excelled in just about every genre of being that there is. Being a black man in America means that I am faced with challenges or no other category of men is faced with. 
there is a cloud of guilt, suspicion placed upon us before any or all of the facts are even discovered. It does not even matter at the initial point of meeting, but if you're a black male, it's usually assumed that you're the guilty party regardless. Racial bias and disparities do exist, and it is real. With any situation, there are exceptions, but the majority of situations, my race and gender, are taken into account before a person even knows me. I'm referring back now to a situation I shared on social media about the police involvement with a situation when feeding the hungry. Officers were called to a restaurant I was there to pick up for, and the restaurant was closed. The officers ensured to gather the facts first before assuming, which I am thankful for. The situation could have turned out differently if I was not given the benefit of the doubt and them not paying attention to the obvious facts that showed that their being there was a mistake. You can look back to some of my social media I posted. I'm, I'm going to bring it up on a future podcast when I do a Feeding the Hungry seg- segment again. I must wonder in my mind that even though the manager, who was black, they called the police in the first place, if she did so mainly because I was a black male, it goes through my mind. What was going through her mind? I wasn't doing anything, wasn't bothering anybody. I was there to pick up an order. The store was closed. She never came out and told me they closed, they don't have the order. I never did anything disrupting. There was another black female driver there to pick up an order as well. They had not been there. And it was just me, a lone black male by myself there. She wonders if the police probably would have approached differently. That does go through my mind. Also, when I'm out feeding the hungry in the wee hours of the morning, anyone looking out their window automatically becomes suspicious just because I'm a black male in this obviously very wealthy neighborhood or even in the most rundown neighborhood. But I'm there at 2 a.m. in the morning and I'm getting out of my car with a flashlight and you probably wonder, what is he doing? Then I'm thinking about the cop who followed me for five miles. Well, when they saw I was delivering, made up a story about them wondering who I was picking up because they have been waiting for this suspect. Kind of hard to have been waiting for a suspect if you followed me for five miles to get to that location. And then there were no other police cars there. When you got out to talk to me, you didn't have your blue lights on, which meant the camera in your vehicle was not running at the moment. Then on top of it, you see that I am delivering food and not picking up people. So why are you wondering who I am picking up? The cop did not expect me to pick up on his lies to justify his wrong. That is part of being a black man in America. Well, some people think that they can just pull the wool over your eyes or whatever, or they can feed you whatever lie, and you just go for it and fall for it. And they're waiting for you to be confrontational or whatever so that they can, quote, unquote, unquote, justify their actions. Luckily, that night, Mr. Policeman could not justify his lie that he was trying to pull over my eyes. What he don't realize, I saw him from the time he got behind me. I tur- every turn I made, he made sure to make it. So you can't tell me that that's the location he was going to because when I first saw him, we were facing each other. I'm following GPS. But after the first mile or two, you saw I was not drunk. I was not speeding because on the app it shows you the speed limit of the street you're on. I was always making sure I was below the speed limit. Every stop sign I came to, as I always do, I came to a complete stop. But you followed me for five miles. And then you lied about it. Do you know which house is 125? 
and I looked very, very unassuming or whatever, it was very obvious that I was doing deliveries. I had a bag in my hand when I got out of the vehicle. My car has the proper insignia on it to show that I am a, that I'm feeding the hungry. I'm a delivery driver. All of that obvious, 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 obvious. But I guess because I was a black man and the neighborhood I was in, I don't know if it was black or white. I don't care. It was a nice neighborhood, probably like less than five years old. But you had to get out and I guess investigate. But he left it at that because it was obvious. I wasn't confronting him. I wasn't saying anything back to him. I'm trying to get my food delivered to the person and get on to the next delivery. I actually was very incognizant of him and his appearance there. You know, as he was saying stuff to me, I'm still walking, doing my thing. So it was very obvious. I, I wasn't there to do harm. This also reminds me, as, you know, as I stated earlier, sometimes people would think, you don't know what you're supposed to know. There was a time I applied for a position in a different department at the company I worked for at the time. I had did very well in the interviews and secured the position. One person who was already a member of that team made the statement to another person on the team that was of the same racial makeup or color that they were, told them that they were glad I was coming to the team, but that I, referring to me, should not know all that I know. That statement has always stuck with me because, as I said, they told another person that was of the same race as them, same race, same gender. And I guess they did not expect that person to tell me what they said, but they did. I never confronted them about it either, but it made me take a hard look at how people look at me and what they think about me. Regardless of how proud they are of me and how often they smile in my face and encourage me to go further, pats on the back and things of that nature, someone's always thinking the negative of you. Therefore, while being a black man in America, you don't care or think about what others think about you or what they presume about you but you're always aware of what other people think and perceive about you. And the rest of the black men population and how they are sizing you up to be the same as every other black man they may have met or dealt with or what they've seen on TV if they don't actually really know a true black man, black person, whatever, instead of seeing you for whom you really are. So as a black man, one of the most offensive things you can say to me is that you don't see color. That's been said to me so many times. Did I mention I'm from rural Neshoba County, Mississippi, where that movie Mississippi Burning really took place? Yeah, been told that so many times. I don't see color. Why don't you see what color I am? Because I want you to see and know that I am a black man. I am not ashamed of being a black man and to know that I am a very happy and proud to be a black man. We, black men, have several places here in this American country. We're strong, resilient, resourceful, and can't all be categorized under one cloud of being. We will continue to emerge more and more in so many different ways that you have to recognize the individuality of each of us before just lumping all of us into the same mold. I'm a black man here in this modern-day America, and will continue to be well into all of the future generations of this country. We as black men continue to build this country and continue to want better for ourselves and those around us. 
We will continue to be a part of the history and future of this country. We as black men have our own dreams for the future and will continue to carry out the dream of Dr. King. This is what it means to be a black man in America. It means that I should be treated the same as any and everybody else in this country or any other man, woman, child in this country. I should not be treated differently because of my race. It should not be assumed or a cloud of guilt or suspicion placed upon me just because I am a black man in America. I deserve and I have a right to be treated fairly in this country. I love this country as other black men in this country do. The majority of us, this is the only country we know. I know where our roots come from, but this is where we have been raised. This country has not always been fair to black men, as well as black women, children, and other races as well. Here we are in 2023. It is time for racial disparities to stop. To be a black man in America is very hard, but it should not be. I love being a black man. Hi, this is Shayro. Thank you for being a listener to my podcast. You can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. Yes, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O, and donate to the What Shayro Thinks About It podcast. The money collected will be used to purchase additional equipment for the podcast. Remember, that is buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Well, my time here is done. That is all that is on my mind for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode and thank you for allowing me to serve you. Please listen, like, share, and subscribe to my podcast here at anchor.fm slash Shero, C-H-E-T-R-O. And I can now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast as well. Remember to give me a five-star rating and a positive review where available. Tell your friends and your enemies about what Shayro thinks about it. A production of Shayro LLC, where I build confidence by using your situation as motivation. Contact me for speaking events, panel discussions, coaching, speech writing, and mock interviews at shayrospeaks at gmail.com. That's C-H-E-T-R-O-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. Leave a voice message via link on the podcast website. You can also follow me on Facebook at Shayro Speaks. Instagram, what Shayro thinks about it, underscore podcast. Thinks has no I in it. Please click the support button or buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Shayro, C-H-E-T-R-O. Your support is greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining in. Oh, to become a better leader, communicator, and speaker, learn more at toastmasters.org. Until next time, I am Shayro. And this has been what Shayro thinks about it.